Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on American Family Radio for this Monday, July the 25th. Thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Is that, is that uh, Italian or it's is that Russian. like from the Munsters? It's like Russian. Oh, it's Russian. Yeah, but obviously, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not good on my Russian. But uh, yeah. Uh, good morning, Fred Jackson. Bonjour. Okay. <laughs> this is a div- diverse uh, yes, Canadian. staff. French-Canadian. Uh, or French. Uh, French. Yeah, French. I can do a p- really good Russian accent for about five seconds, <laughs> and then somehow it slips into Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> before Nazi before long, I'm going, well, your papers. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, your, your home uh, turf of Nova Scotia. Uh-huh. That's 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 a that's a not really French. Oh, Canada. well, Qu- Quebec is more. more well, right? well, no, uh, French certainly Quebec, Quebec uh, is certainly the province known for being francophone. However, uh, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia both have also contingents of Acadians. Gotcha. From whence Cajuns in Louisiana, uh, there were the French that kept the English and the French kept fighting each other for years. And finally, the English took over. Now, we're talking way, way back here. In your part of Canada, Nova yes. Scotia, the northeastern yes. part of Canada. Gotcha. Yeah, they went back and forth, back and forth. Right. And finally, uh, a bunch of the French were expelled. Some of them remained behind. They became the Acadians. But some of them left Canada and went down to Louisiana and, and, I, and, and became I, the Cajuns. I had a francophone when they first came out. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, eventually got a francophone eight. 8.0. <laughs> I would have liked to know the history. Maybe I can read on the history of that because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, the 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 uh, Arcadians, as mm-hmm. you call them, from uh, from from Nova Scotia and, Quebec and New Brunswick, yeah, New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the world map, right? <laughs> uh, and they're going, "We got to go settle somewhere, right? Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, how about when was this? Now, 1800s? Oh, way back, yes, 1700s, yes." How about we uh, take a boat from here all the way down the eastern seaboard? They didn't even know what an eastern seaboard was probably at the time. Let's go around the tip of Florida and look right here, New yeah. Orleans. Let's but now we Orleans. we got all, a lot of that. Remember the uh, the Louisiana Purchase? Yes. All that was owned by France. Yes. So they probably thought we we're going to go where there are french speakers yeah right but they, they talked to uncle gaston maybe down, down in <laughs> maybe france in louisiana said, uh, and said come yeah, on down <laughs> the weather's great yeah, the right. alligators and the shrimp yeah, oh the shrimp <laughs> are the, wonderful yeah, the shrimp and the... <laughs> all right so uh there's there's your bit of uh yeah french canadian louisiana history right there and right? what's really interesting is the quebec french uh are perceived as the Acadians of being a bit snobbish. So there, there's tension between the... Who, who uh, perceives whom as being the snobbish? The Acadians believe the French of Quebec are a bit snobbish. 
because they're more Parisian uh, in their attitude. Yeah, yeah. So the and and I've never, but I've never heard of people of Paris or France in general as being perceived as having an attitude. <laughs> never. <laughs> so the Arcadians, uh, now the Cajuns, and so they're 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 the rednecks of France. Is that what you're saying? The rednecks the, of France. Well, that's a that's actually a, a jazz group. Yes, <laughs> that I'm familiar with. The the others, get them, you can get them on Pandora. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, it, it's uh, funny too that many people in South Louisiana and mm-hmm. and and parts of Southern Mississippi who have that. Uh, accent mm-hmm. the cajun accent uh-huh. there's a lot of similarities between that and uh new york accent or brooklyn I, I I'll, say. I'll say this in new england too i've i've overheard people before i know friends looking at me like i'm nutty <laughs> with an cajun accent and i yep. walked up to him and i said are you from new england I said you you seem to almost have a boston accent uh-huh. and but they said no we're from louisiana yeah huh. yeah so who knows go figure all right, you're listening to today's issues on AFR. We're uh, fully operational on YouTube right now. <laughs> we were, in case you missed the drama, as it were, the last ten days we were banned, unbanned, banned, and unbanned in a in a matter of five days on YouTube. And we were wondering, we don't know what we did wrong, but we were wondering how that played out at the YouTube offices. Right, Ed, you, you, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it it was a weird it was a weird thing. At first, I thought maybe we triggered some sort of algorithm by, I, you know, med- kidding around and mentioning ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or something like that. And then we, uh, Brent, our producer, said, "I think I think there's a real person behind this." And so, uh, who knows how, how how this went or how it got reversed? I bet we're the first in history, though. To be banned, unbanned, banned, unbanned in a matter of five days. Huh? It doesn't seem to happen often. When you get you got, banned, you, you're it's a serious deal. That's what you call YouTube schizophrenia, right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But anyway, we're back. We're glad to be back on at least for this hour mm-hmm. on on YouTube <laughs> and uh, Facebook. You can live stream the show there. Uh, YouTube and Facebook. Just type in today's issues, today's issues, and you can live video stream the show there. Thank you for listening and or watching our program. Uh, and uh, Fred, go ahead. What's leading the news this morning? When is a recession not a recession? Well, apparently, when the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says, "Ah, don't worry, be happy." Uh, we're going to get the latest numbers, economic numbers, this week on a variety of fronts. The formal definition of a recession is when there are two quarters of negative growth. Now, even inside the Biden administration, they're expecting that we'll have the second quarter of negative growth. But Janet Yellen was interviewed during the weekend. I'm not sure if it was just one network or multiple networks where she uh, attempted to convince the nation that, yes, we're going to have a second session of negative growth. But don't worry. Uh, The economy is absolutely fantastic. Therefore, uh, we're really not in a recession. Cut number two. Many economists uh, expect 
second quarter GDP to be negative. First quarter GDP was negative. So we could see that happen, and that will be closely watched. But I do want to emphasize what a recession really means is a broad-based contraction yeah. in the economy. And even if that number is negative, we are not in a recession now. We've got a very strong labor market. Um, when you're creating uh, almost 400,000 jobs a month, that is not a recession. That, you know, what she just said would be akin to the captain of the Titanic saying, we're not really sinking we're just getting closer to the water. To the bottom. That's a very dark analogy. The, the way that We're not they, really sinking. We're just taking on more water than we'd like. That's right. Well, that you just heard her. She's fully expecting negative growth for a second quarter, which economists around the world for years and years, that's the definition of recession. But don't worry. Everything's all right. I don't understand the, uh, she's saying we're adding 400,000 jobs. What'd she say? A, a month? Is that what she said? A month, yeah. Okay. I can't, uh, you know, verify nor deny what she said. I don't have those statistics in front of me. I don't know exactly where she's getting those from. However, that belies what I'm seeing out in America with help wanted signs all over the place. Mm -hmm. Huh? I mean, all over the place, help wanted signs. So I don't. Maybe these are jobs that were lost during the pandemic that people are going back to. That's what I. That's what I think is probably happening. Now, again, I want to give uh, Janet Yellen, the Secretary of Treasury, uh, you know, some delightful better, lady. Better, sounds oh, like yes, to me. yes. She, she's she's a, a bear, more fun than a barrel full of monkeys. I mean, you can just tell by looking <laughs> at her, you know, when she speaks, but. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I, I have always, I mean, since I started following politics, have always understood the definition of a recession was two consecutive quarters of negative growth. So because that's going to have political repercussions, she, a part of the Biden administration, seems to want to be changing the definition so it doesn't have a voter turnout effect in November. That sounds like what the CDC did with vaccine definition. You just got to the vaccine. Just go back to that. Get us banned from YouTube again, right? <laughs> just had to bring that in. Okay, let me. Uh, if unless we've just been cut off right now, <laughs> I mean, I, I my memory. You say what you want, Tim. My memory may not serve me correctly on that, but I want to say that it was the Centers for Disease Control that redefined the term vaccine about a year and a half ago or so. Uh, but but I, but I stand to be corrected on that if I'm wrong. I'll look that up after the show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there, there was something uh, about that. They, they changed. Yeah, I think, that, I think you're right. Because it's not put together as a traditional vaccine. A traditional vaccine is a weakened form of the virus. That's not, what, just, that's not what we've been getting. No, and, the last few years. And, and, and vaccines are traditionally understood to stop some stop you from getting something. Yeah, it the, these weakened formed right. of the disease, if you want to call it, activates your immune system. Hey, by the way, since we obviously want to switch topics here so that we can get banned <laughs> from YouTube because we all know where we're going with this, right? This conversation. Uh, what was the what was the uh, lady? 
who was the doctor when Trump was the president who was uh, wore the scarf? Bird. Dr. Bur- uh, Do- she had the different scarves. Dr. Burks. Dr. Burks. What's yes. her first name? Do you know? Uh, Deborah. Okay, Dr. Deborah Burks. She's got a book out now. Yes, and she's was on various programs on the weekend peddling that book. And she made an admission once again. Basically, she admitted they overplayed the vaccine. Have a listen for yourself. Cut number four. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. But let's be very clear. 50 percent of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older vaccinated. Yeah, they're older. What? YouTube just banned her. Yeah. Bander mid sentence. Yeah, she is going one hundred percent against what President Joe Biden told us: get the shot, protect you against the virus. She, in fact, she said we knew it, it would not keep you from getting it. Yes. So whoever in the Biden administration told the president to make that claim, mm-hmm. she was thinking privately, saying privately, or thinking to herself, no. We shouldn't be making that promise. Yeah. The other thing, too, that they misled us on, you get the shot, you're good. Then we're told, need another shot. Oh, by the way, now you need a booster. And now, nine months from now, you'll need another booster. Yeah, maybe six months. I don't know what the what the federal government... It's nine months in Canada, and I think it's okay. every six months here. But the, yeah, by that we mean in order for you to be up to date with your yes. uh, vaccination... And, uh, the, and they changed that definition, too. It was fully vaxxed, yeah. and then they had to change it to up-to-date because they wanted people to continue to get the boosters. Well, I'm going to tell you who's suffering most because of this uh, forced vaccination policy by the federal government is our military personnel. Amen. Yes. Now, a lot of them uh, have hope in the courts. Uh, a lot of these uh, military folks who don't want to have to get the – COVID vaccine shots are, are have, it varies because uh, the different branches of the military are all going to court. I said not, not the branches, but the servicemen and women in those branches who object to being forced uh, uh, vaccination, having a forced vaccination are going to the courts right now. Right. So it's unresolved. Uh, am I, I right? Say, am I yeah, right about that? There, there, I, I, was, there was a court decision in the last two weeks that affected just Air Force personnel. There was a judge who put a, a, an injunction in place to stop the Air Force from throwing out any personnel, but that only applied temporarily to the Air Force. I, I would also say that uh, members of the in, in the medical field also suffered. Remember a lot of nurses and folks kicked out yes because they didn't want to get the vaccine you guys uh do you guys see in this end anytime soon by end i mean okay the the uh, pandemic has subsided uh greatly and the lethalness of the uh of covid is and it it has has i mean it's almost gone away completely right um, so how long do you keep up this forced vaccination or else you lose your job policy that the federal, that the president of the federal government has, and who's going to police this? I mean, who's going to check your records now 
to say, okay, you haven't had your shot in the last six months. Uh, you're you're out of a job, or, or anyway. I I, th- I think this will. I think it will continue as it is until there is a new president in 2024. If there is, I, I'm talking about parties. Yeah. If if the Republican wins the White House in 2024, <clears throat> I believe they will say, look, this is no longer pandemic. It is endemic. We're just going to have to recommend that you get the vaccine like we do the flu shots. I'm not saying COVID and the flu are the same. Please don't misunderstand me. But I think the Biden administration almost has to continue for the remainder of his term. unless And if he wins re-election and the unlikeliness of that happening. But if he were to win re-election, I, I, I don't know that, he, that they wouldn't continue it because – at some point, they would have to say getting a vaccine is not the be-all, do-all. We need to mention natural immunity. Yeah. And and they almost can't do that because they didn't do it in the height of the pandemic. I'm a little bit more optimistic than Ed is on this front. That's not hard. <laughs> more optimistic than me. I, I, I think they have to understand the science has caught up with the rhetoric. And the science is now we're two years into this. And we all know you can be up to date with your vaccinations and your boosters. And as the president has shown us recently, you can still get it. And you can also pass it along to other people. So if you go back to the original announcement on vaccine mandates, it was to stop you spreading it to other people. We now know that doesn't happen. The other factor that I believe is going to play into this and we talked a little bit about this last week, the recruitment is down drastically in the military. Are, the Army itself is coming up on the end of its fiscal year. At the end of September, they had a goal of 57,000 new recruits. They've only met 40% of that at the moment. Right. One of the big reasons is the vaccine mandate. A lot of conservatives have said no to the vaccine. Plus wokeness, probably. And, and wokeness. So, for those two reasons, uh, I, I'm 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 holding out that the courts, the argument is is being made by various you know ADF, Liberty Council, and others. The reason that you gave for these vaccine mandates has now proven untrue. That you can get it and you can pass it along, even though you're up to date. So, where do we go from here? And, and you've got the well. You've got healthy people in the military. They say the most vulnerable people are over 60. Well, we're talking about recruits who are teenagers and in their 20s. If you lose the argument for the, for the pro-force vaccination uh, po- folks, if you lose the argument that the uh, vaccine shots keep you from spreading COVID, to me, that's... Even if you, uh, let's just for argument's sake, say that uh, you were open to the idea of forced vaccinations, okay? And and there wasn't a constitutional problem there or a uh, violation of religious, uh, uh, what would you say? Liberty. Liberty there. Put, Put all that aside. Just on a practical level, if you lose the argument that the vaccines, as, uh, as they're called, um, prevent you from spreading it. To me, that's the ball game. Okay, in, in terms of com- 
uh, making it compulsory uh, because that's that's what you would say. Okay, get the vaccine shot, and therefore you won't you won't spread the the uh, the uh, COVID to other people. And there's your argument. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I mean we do have our, our you know our, our personal freedoms do not extend to harming other people. That was the argument for masking, wearing yes. masks, so you don't spread it. I mean that's that's. We've always understood that, and it, that's been American. Mm-hmm. Our, our personal freedoms stop when we start harming other people. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I can't drive a hundred on the free interstate. Yeah. The uh, old the old saying was, "Your freedom to swing your hand, your arm, stops at my nose." Yes. Yes. So what I'm saying is, if you could make the argument like you can with other traditional vaccines that if you get this shot, you will not spread this disease in this case, COVID to other people. Then at least I would be willing to listen uh, to that. But if you lose that, if you can't say that definitively, then there's no point in even talking about this anymore That's right. because, because the vaccine, whether I get the vaccine or not, uh, I have to make a, a judgment on whether or not I'm willing to take that risk. And if I take that risk of getting COVID, what are the chances that I go to the hospital or I die from the vaccine? And all of us have to make, we have to make that kind of judgment about all kinds of things. Right. Right. Whether to take chemo or not. Yes. Whether, right. whether to, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, take this medication, this medication. Get on an could, airplane. Get on an airplane. I mean, there's all kind of judgments like that we have to make on an everyday basis that uh, put our health and safety and sometimes our lives uh, at risk. We have to make judgment calls. Eating habits. Eating yeah. habits. Same thing. So, so, so if you, if you, so what I'm saying is they should, by they, I mean the powers that be should rescind. I know they won't, Ed, for the reasons you mentioned, because Biden's all in on this and the Democrats. Uh, they should rescind today the forced vaccination. Yes. On on all Americans and say the pandemic's over. It's is it it is endemic. Uh, what do you call endemic. it? Endemic. And we're just going to have to learn to live with this as best we can. Yes, some people will get sick. Sadly, some people will die. But it's a tiny, 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 tiny percentage of people that are actually infected that actually die. Yes. From the uh, COVID, and and most all of them have some uh, other health issues going on. It's still sad and tragic, uh, but I'm just saying you have to weigh all this out. And to me, it's obvious. You need to say, stop the forced vaccinations. Uh, people can get it if they want to. Why? Because they're putting their, the, the, it's a risk they run themselves and it doesn't affect anybody else. All right. Does and that make any sense? It does. And let me, and let me say, let me just throw this in because Tim, your argument's logical Fred, your argument's logical, but I don't think the left cares about logic because at some point they're going to have to make admissions like you guys are talking about, and they can't because of two words, next time. Next time they have to come out and say, you've got to do A, B, and C. They are going to risk not being able to tell Americans what to do. To me... A large part of this was always about control. Yes, I agree. And, and next time, 
they tell members of the military, you've got to get shot X, they're going to say no, because you guys eventually changed when it came to COVID. I'm going to wait you out. And I think there are members of the, the left who don't want to run that risk. So I don't know how, I don't know what their exit ramp is for this, but I think it's the courts. Because the courts more and more, well, courts more and more are going with the against the vaccine mandate. Well, I think I think the court, one federal judge in Florida, saved Biden on the mask on planes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You remember that? So that 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 could happen. It's just it's unnecessary. Even if you believed at one time it was, it's completely unnecessary now to force people to get vaccine shots that don't stop the spread or don't stop you from getting it. We'll be back. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. One of the special moments when we visit Israel in March each year is the day we go to the Jordan River. And so many people on our trips want to be baptized in the river that Jesus was baptized in. And so it's a very special ceremony and service and time together with friends who've come from all over the country to join us on our annual trip to Israel. I'm Tim Wildman president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Allison and I, along with my sons Walker and Wesley, will all be going to the Holy Land in March of 2023, as we do annually. Uh, Israel was shut down for a couple of years because of COVID, but they are reopened for business. No vaccine shot required. And so we're going to have a great time seeing Israel. For all the information, twholyland.com is the website, twholyland.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. There is a very real chance that every record in women's swimming will be held by a man. Leah Thomas is a transgender swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania. For the first three years of his collegiate swimming career, he swam as a man. But now, he says, he's a woman. And the university has allowed him to swim on the women's team. Not only has he smashed school records, he is also setting NCAA records. Biological females are angry and frustrated. Some of his teammates have openly cried, knowing no matter how hard they try, they will not be able to beat a fully grown man in the pool. Parents sent a letter to the university begging for help. They say the integrity of women's sports is at stake. Well, in my opinion, the integrity of basic human biology is at stake. My new book, a bestseller, thanks to you great folks, our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with the Drawl, a terrific stocking stuffer, available at your favorite bookstore or toddstarns.com. In Him, we were also chosen. 
having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. Ephesians 1.11, American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Fred and Ed, and we thank you for listening. If you want to watch the show on Facebook or YouTube, just type in Today's Issues, and you can watch the show there on Facebook or YouTube. And soon we will have our own live video streaming service, so we will let you know when that's ready. Uh, It's being developed or has been developed. It is. It's being tested. It's being tested by our IT department, our crack IT department. So, so it is uh, it, the uh, the software side of it has been developed, and it's now. You, just did being you tested. have a part in that? No. The software development. <laughs> no. Would you being a wise, would being you a wise where, guy now? You know. Would you know where to start? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Calling our ID department. That's where I would start. Hey, we need uh, just we the need word this software intimidates me. <laughs> yeah. I just saying that I go. Uh, you lost me. You know, the only uh, soft I, I could, I could find my way to purchase a soft pretzel, but software when it comes right, to computer, right. no, no, that's not your world. That's not my world. Yeah, but your son is. Extremely, yeah, he's very good at it. Yes, Tony is. All right, we well, thank you for listening to the show, where we have all the answers, ladies and gentlemen. Just <laughs> or stay with or us. we act like we do. Yeah, we, or at least we got to act like we do. <laughs> uh, listen, one of the positive. We hope we do a lot of positive things here, but one of the positive things we we uh, have done here this summer is uh, released a curriculum to the public to be used for free. We're not making any money off this that I know of, uh, and that is the Men of Honor curriculum. Men of Honor, we're going to talk about that right now with uh, my eldest son, Wesley Wildman, who's in studio with us. Good morning, Wesley. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on, and I'm really excited to talk about the final product that's finally done, the Men of Honor curriculum. We've talked about this for the last couple of years. Every time we get into the summer, we talk about and we invite people within their surrounding area to come to the Men of Honor program. And uh, oftentimes, being an, well, a lot of the times, being a national ministry, we get the request, well, we can't come there, but how can we do it? So we've created a curriculum. Now, you want me to explain what the Men of Honor, yeah, the, per, commute, the purpose? The commute from Amarillo to Tupelo There's, is a little <laughs> much, just just for a, a couple of yeah, hours. that's right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah, we won't, uh, first of all, tell us what Men of Honor is okay. for those who are new to this. And then we want to talk about how people can access the curriculum that you developed, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. You, you wrote the whole thing? I wrote the whole thing with the help of our editing team. I did not edit it. I wrote it. <laughs> right. How many, how many grammatical errors did they find? <laughs> that, they didn't that's even care. It was, yeah, it was a lot a, of red ink there, uh, huh? <laughs> that's, that's following in your family tradition right there. But now our editing team, I will say this. And my best m- effort was a C- minus right. in English. <laughs> is, is, is made up of true blue grammar Nazis. <laughs> 
<laughs> you mean our editing department? Yes. They, yes you don't sure. get away with anything. No. No. no I, in fact, I wrote my monthly column for our AFA, The Stand right. magazine, yeah. formerly known as The Journal. And I went by the other day just to check. I'd written it, s- submitted it to our editor, Randall Murphy, and his team. And I went by to check and see how, you know, how the how the uh, the stand was progressing. Ready to go? Are we ready to go to the printer? And I looked at my column <laughs> that they had printed out, and I, it was I couldn't even hardly read it for all the red ink. <laughs> <laughs> they had, huh? So they they had, did. <laughs> they had put on there. Yeah, you know, so it was reading on top of reading. Yeah, it was. It was, and I just felt, like, you know, I felt like a loser. <laughs> I felt like I couldn't write at all. Well, because, don't don't no, feel no, like I a know. loser. But you because know what? They, you can't you, listen. They find joy. Yes, <laughs> they I find, think that's where the lines cross. Yes, these people find joy in marking up papers. Yeah, if if you say you get an argument about the Oxford comma. Okay, these kinds of folks will get into bl- come to blows right, right. over it. Yes, yeah. and, and, and they, they look at you and they go, uh, "Okay, since you know it all, tell me, <laughs> define for me a dangling participle." Right, and I'm just bewildered. Yes, you know, can you? No. Okay, and you've written your whole life. Yeah, you don't know what a dangling participle so with, is. So, with all that said. Without, do you know what a dangling participle is? <laughs> all that said. Is, is there something more important we need to talk about here? That's my question. Go no. ahead, Westy. Tell us about the Men of Honor. Yes. I asked you about that seven minutes ago. That's right. So Men of Honor is a program, uh, our ministry, in the summertime, host, is produced by AFA and hosted at the Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation. And the mission and the purpose of Men of Honor is to disciple young men and the teaching of God's Word, also to uh, teach them skills and talents and gifts that they will be able to use for a lifetime. In addition to that, the target audiences are young men that uh, do not have a godly male role model in their life. Now, what kind of skills are you talking about? Yes. So the skills, uh, just to kind of uh, start uh, this in no particular order here, but we teach some craftsman skills, the safety of certain uh, tools. We also teach them uh, how to uh, how build, to change a tire, how to change a tire, how to uh, plug a tire. That, that was, and each year we kind of add to it a little bit, or right. ta- or take something away and replace it with something new. As far as a skill goes, we taught them how to plug a tire this year. We also had uh, law enforcement come by and talk to them about the importance of. Uh, or how they got to where they were. Uh, we had entrepreneurs come by to teach them things like that. So just uh, my uncle Mark this year, he taught us how to plant plants. Now within that, there's a variety of different things. You can grow a garden, flowers, you know, and the, we actually made pots with flowers in there and we gave those to their moms. Are there, are there, so the, right? these are all, these are all skills and I'm, I'm not sh- sh- short, uh, serving the the spiritual component because that's incredibly important, oh, my, maybe more important than anything else, but uh, certainly more important than anything else. But these are skills that if they had a dad in the home, the dad probably would teach them. Yes, absolutely. But with that deficit. Right. Or granddad. This, or or granddad yes. or something. This is a way to have men mm-hmm. teach these young men the kinds of skills that they will need later in life that's correct and uh speaking about the biblical uh component to it so uh, an outline of what you would expect would be they come when they get there uh once a week every week for eight weeks 
and we meet for an hour and a half. We teach them the we, – we meet, we eat pizza, we play uh, games, and then after the games we go to Bible lesson time, and for 30 minutes we teach here are some of the topics that we taught this uh, summer. We taught grace, forgiveness, and the gospel. That was week one. Week two was the importance of God's word. Week three was biblical manhood. And uh, number week seven with the responsibility, uh, responding to, to biblically to hardship. So there's just a variety of different topics we teach. After the Bible lesson time, we go to a discussion, an eight or ten minute discussion time where we uh, have table counselors talk about what the Bible lesson was about, ask questions, and uh, also too, then, then we transition to skill time. Wesley, we have people listening right now. They're listening. They say this is a great program. Sure. One of the questions. Often in this, how many people am I going to need to carry this off Sure, in my church or whatever the case may be? Yes, sir. Right before I answer that, you can go to afa.net slash resources. Uh, I'm sorry. I got that backwards. Re- that's my dyslexia and the grammar and the, yeah. there's excuses, a bad deal. Excuses, excuses right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Resources with an S. Resources with an S. Resources.afa.net, and you can download the curriculum. What I just gave you wasn't of what is what we've done here on site but that plus a lot more information uh, and the layout of the, the of the summer program is in that it's an eight-week course that you can do throughout the year and you can start and finish at your own pace so you'll have some people start it in august september october you can do it whenever you want we just choose to do it during the summertime here at afa but to answer your question fred we host about 25 boys each summer and I have about eight to ten volunteers, including myself, mm. and it works absolutely well. I try to average out about uh, our table counselors, what we call them, uh, one every three to four boys. It helps with making sure that they're getting a uh, a, a one-on-one experience with discipleship or, or close to that. Mm. Um, but also, too, the curriculum, uh, the reason it's so important is it gives you everything you need the expectations and the layout of the table counselors expectations of the of the bible teachers so if you're inviting your local one of your local pastors to come you can send them the portion in the curriculum that says expectations and what they can expect and so that's one thing the curriculum has done is allowed uh our listeners to take this program to their church to their community and do it at their own pace when they want to start it and it does leave a little bit of room for you to interchange some of the skill things you may have something that's on your heart that you're really good at or gifted at that's not in here and you could just replace that but still have the expectations and what you want to accomplish within that so it's a great tool it's a great program we've talked about it for years uh, now that we have the curriculum you can go download it completely for free at resources .afa.net, resources.afa.net. Uh, there are have already been several of our listeners that have downloaded it, and they're doing it in their church, and they actually started it when we started ours, and they did it week by week just as we did. And tomorrow, I'll, I'm happy to say this, is it was graduation for the 25 young boys that have been coming this summer. So we'll graduate them. There's a certificate. There's some gift cards. Uh and there's uh, awards within the program too for those that participated really well in the skill time. There's a spe- there's a special award for them for those that participated and took good notes. We encourage the boys throughout the summer to take notes, so we we'll reward yeah. them as well. 
It's called the Men of Honor. It's uh, the, the Bible verse you use is Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter two, verse two, and it says this: "What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also." And so we've encouraged our young boys this summer to learn that Bible verse. Many of them have because we want to be a conduit of of transferring the gospel and the eternal truths. From one generation to the next. It's intentional mentoring yes. from Christian men to Christian boys. Yep. So that they one day will be Christian men who can in turn train their children. And I'll and I'll conclude with this that this was written by a guy who is coaching baseball, deacon duties, a dad of three. So I understand this was written in the context of understanding that people have busy schedules. This is a very doable thing. It's a, it's a total of eight meetings. A total, and that includes the graduation part. Once a of week. It. Once a week for four, uh, for two months. Once you start, eight total meetings. You download, we can do it. How do you download the curriculum? Go to resources.afa.net. Resources.afa.net. And, and if you go to resources.afa.net, just simply search for Men of Honor. That's correct. And I it just did right it, up. and it pulls right up. Yep. Yeah. And you want to download that for free and get started. This has been proven. This is an AFA product. It's been proven on site, hosted at the Don Wyman Culture for Transformation, and it's very impactful. Yeah. Thank you, Wesley. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Wesley Wildman joining us there who authored the curriculum. So bet you can download it for free. Check it out. Maybe do it next summer if you want to plan that far it, ahead. It, listen, it, I, I, I'm not sure there's anything more important for young, for young men, for boys, than to have that kind of mentorship. We've been talking about the kind of violence we are seeing in our culture, and that is attributable, I believe, and the expert, a lot of experts believe, that is directly attributable in part to the absence of fathers in the lives of these young men. Mm-hmm. So, folks. Oh, this, no question about yeah. it. No question about it. It's undeniable. Uh you're listening to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Ed and Fred, thank you for listening. If you want to send us an email, as long as it's positive and encouraging, you can send it to comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Uh, if you want to send us an email that's negative and discouraging, <laughs> send it to Ed Vitagliano, <laughs> who's our caring, compassionate Italian who will respond to you. That's right. With a, a thoughtful reply. And as yes. he often says, he's the resident liberal. Yeah. I, I, I don't frequently no. say that. You guys frequently say that. No, somebody has to be on here to give the liberal perspective sometimes so that we can so that we can knock beat, it beat knock, me down. So we can knock it down. And Ed's here to do that. And he's from Boston, so it comes down. Boston. Listen, last Thursday, I, I I've mentioned this before. We do I, I keep our Facebook page pulled up during the show. I rarely get an opportunity to look at it during the show. I, I don't I don't mean anything badly, you know, about that, folks, if when you're making comments. But last Thursday somebody was on there saying, I think Ed's a Democrat. Because <laughs> I was just simply saying, okay. You know, I'm trying to right. be fair-minded right. here. Now, I hope that was tongue-in-cheek, but yeah. mm, wow. it hurt. It still hurt. <laughs> you know, I, I do have feelings. Right. Just because I'm call, Italian doesn't mean I don't care. Be called a Democrat is a political slur. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. To you. Huh? That's yes. like saying you don't love your mama. <laughs> and you're a Democrat. Yeah. All right, Fred, next story. All right, Lee Zeldin. He is a Republican. Uh, from New York, congressman from New York. And uh, he is running. He'd like to be governor of New York. 
So last week during a campaign stop, and many of our listeners may have already seen this video, uh, a guy comes right up on the stage. Obviously, Lee Zeldin didn't have really a lot of security. This guy who was in the crowd comes up on the stage, and he has, what do they call those, knuckle things? Well, it used to be like brass knuckles. There's something you slip over your fingers. fingers. Used to be, and they and they were like brass knuckles. These were like, uh, it was a stabbing instrument. Yes. It, it was like the ears of a cat. Yeah. That's what you could see. And this guy went for uh, Lee Zeldin's juggler vein. Now, Lee Zeldin, uh, I believe he's ex-military, but also I think he's been a black belt. He knew where to reach out his hand to stop this guy before that ever reached his neck. The guy, uh, everybody then jumped up the stage, brings this guy down. Uh, he's arrested. Uh, and then the story last week was he was released almost immediately. Yeah. Now he's been charged, as of this morning, he's been charged with a federal assault charge because Lee Zeldin is a congressman. So, but uh, here's the thing what we've learned. Uh, the current governor of New York is Democrat Kathy Hochul. What we found out was that prior to this incident, Kathy Hochul's campaign uh, put out a list of all the campaign stops where Zeldin was going, where, where, when he was going to be there, and encouraged people to go out because she declared, her campaign declared, the people who follow Lee Zeldin are extremists. All right? That was the word she used. Well, uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin was on Fox and Friends this morning and addressed all of this. Cut number one. Well, it became a security issue right away. Uh, see, in one respect, they were spoofing the schedule, but then at the same time, we were also gaining emails and whatnot being forwarded to us where the actual dates, times, locations, and then with rhetoric added to it to try to stir up the people who would be showing up. Now, that all happens Thursday night, the video that you just played, the attack. All day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we had rallies all across the state. They had a box truck with my name, face, and rhetoric on that. They had protesters showing up and, and trackers. They had a whole package of following us around the entire state all weekend long. Now, uh, we may have people listening who said, well, I never heard about this. Just imagine if all of this was reversed, the current governor was a Republican, and you had a Democrat congressperson running against them, do you think the mainstream media would be going ballistic over that? Remember the incident involving Sarah Palin back a few years ago? With the target? You With mean? Yeah, she said, we're going to target a particular Democrat. Now, of course, she didn't mean with a gun. Right. But that's what the Democrats turned it into because right. there was a shooting incident weeks later down the road. They blame Sarah Palin for that. Yeah, listen, I, I, I don't like this coming from either side, okay? But mm -hmm. it's, it does honestly come more often from the left. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by this kind of thing happening is we have got to have, in order to have a properly functioning republic you have got to have a fair and open exchange of ideas between the two sides we basically have a two-party system there are minor parties that spring up here and there green party what have you libertarian okay but for the most part we have two major political parties 
and you've got to have a free flow of ideas. And what Kathy Hochul did, the current governor, all right, is that she uh, implied, maybe not just implied, she seemed to be wanting her supporters to stop speeches, mm-hmm. okay, interrupt them. You know, uh, and and I don't think I don't think that she wanted this guy to go and you know have an attack on a U.S. congressman. But when you're telling people to go and you know shout them down, Maxine Waters saying you know push back on them, don't don't let them have any peace anywhere. You see them in restaurants, mm. you know whether it's Supreme Court justices or members of you know, Trump supporters or members of the Republican Party, you make life miserable for them. You start doing that, you are actually threatening the core of our uh, republic. Chuck Schumer, the Democrat Senate leader, threatened two United States Supreme Court justices by name yes. in front of the building. Mm-hmm. Right. He said, you'll never know what hit you. Yes. Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. Kavanaugh, he called him Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. Didn't he have the respect to call him justices? Right. Yeah. And, and so, that, I mean, so, I mean, Threatening, threatening violence from Democrats, uh, or at least physical confrontation, is that's the norm now mm-hmm. uh, for them. Uh, and you see the results uh, when the guy went to the uh, baseball field and uh, tried to murder all those Republican congressmen who were out there. You remember right. that? Mm-hmm. That was under President Obama. Right. So I don't know anybody on the Republican side. And again, I'm I'm open to who have made the same kind of threats, physical threats, to liberals or Democrats that that they have about Republicans. This is the charge that the left is making about President Trump. Remember they said, you told your followers— He's encouraging violence, they said. To go down to the Capitol. Now, he did, President Trump said, go down and peacefully protest. But their whole argument is, just by sending them down there— you were encouraging what happened on January 6th. Well, here's Kathy Hochul. Well, why does why is the left silent about what she's telling the governor to of do? New York? You're talking governor about. of New York. All right, next story, Fred. All right. Uh, well, during the weekend, there was a conference of mainly young people, young conservatives, uh, sponsored by Turning Point USA. It was down in Florida. Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's group. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, they heard from Governor DeSantis, and on Saturday night, former President Trump uh, addressed the crowd there. So, uh, like uh, at a lot of conservative meetings, they do a straw poll, and because there's been a lot of talk lately of who's going to run for for Republicans in 24, and a lot of talk about maybe Governor DeSantis running, a lot of people saying, and President Trump is certainly hinting that he does plan to run in 24 as well. So they took a straw poll. And I was rather surprised. I figured these young conservatives might favor DeSantis. DeSantis is younger. A lot of people are saying, you know, Trump had his day. We're thankful, thankful for what he did. But we think that new blood is needed. But when the results of that straw poll of these young people came out, almost 80% of them said they want Trump to run. Well, he did. In 24. He had, had he just spoken to them? He spoke Saturday night. Yes, DeSantis yeah. on Friday night. Yeah. So anyway, we have a little bit of what went on there uh, in Florida. Cut number six. Donald Trump, of course, the man himself, 
he created the MAGA movement and he deserves to be our leader. Look, he's not perfect in every way, but he really deserves to be our leader. I love DeSantis, but Trump is a little bit more you know, gonna push it. Not that DeSantis won't, but I think he needs to come in and fix the mess that's been made. I would really like it to be Governor DeSantis. I'm a pretty big fan of him. I like what he's done with Florida. Yeah, I mean, I think we've had enough time without Trump now to realize that we do really miss him. Even the liberals are kind of like, oh, we miss him. So I think it's time that we let him come back and kind of clean up the mess and maybe DeSantis after that as president. I would honestly like to see Donald Trump, but I feel like it could be hard since I know He's seen as very problematic. Okay, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you who misses Donald Trump more than anybody. Three letters. C, N, N. Because <laughs> after Donald Trump was out of office, CNN's ratings went in the toilet. No, they more went in the toilet. They went in the toilet and got flushed. Yes. Huh? MSNBC has almost disappeared. Yeah. As a factor, and Rachel Maydow's making a comeback, I think. But other than that, uh, it's been miserable for the liberal media without President Trump there. Listen, this was a survey of uh, young conservatives at this turning point, uh, which are these these turning point USA. Yeah, in, in Tampa, I think that's their annual uh, conference, and uh, they so they did a survey about who amongst them uh, who, who they thought should run for president and uh, or should be the Republican candidate. Mm, Twenty four. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised by that too. Eighty. What was what was DeSantis numbers? Uh, DeSantis was like down in the teens. Um, I hey, think listen, nineteen percent. Okay, I better stop right there. I, I wanted to say something, but if I get started, I won't be able to finish in right. time, and I'll run out the clock. Hey, wanted to say uh, that uh, Danny and Melissa Fudge are with us, and they're checking out the show in person. Uh, they are from Breeding, Kentucky. I got that right. And uh, Brother Danny's celebrating his 60th birthday. All right. And wanted to come here. Yeah, wanted to come here and check out the AFA and AFR, and we're delighted to have them with us. And Ed will now sing happy birthday to you, <laughs> Danny. And as re- soon as the music re- stops re- and the break starts. Uh, it's, it'll, be a, it'll be a rendition you'll never soon forget. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Danny. (laughs) Yes. All right, we're going to be back in five minutes with more of today's issues. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.